Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. Today we have a special episode. What happens when a 21-year-old newlywed, fresh out of Bible college, attempts to plant a church in his hometown? And what if that hometown is Las Vegas, Nevada, the sin city of the nation? Well, what happens? They end up doing Tice Talks 45 years later. They just had an amazing Easter service where we had almost 1,300 people at. We had have seen thousands of people get saved over the years. And today we're going to talk to that young newlywed who has now been married for 45 years. And still feels like a newlywed. Aww. I just want to make this absolutely clear that, uh, that it's, it's amazing to me that people are constantly focused on the fact that it's 45 years, like like that's 160 years ago. Well, I'm only 40 years old. Oh, that, oh so. that's right, I guess. <laughs> when, when you, it depends on your crowd, yeah, but... who you're speaking to. We're actually going to be going over, we're going to be starting going through your book, Hope for My Hometown. It's the different things that happened along the way during the whole church planning story. It's fascinating. I was actually just speaking to um, an old friend of ours who said, I just read through half of his book the first, uh, just the first day I got it. And I was just amazed. I've heard some of the stories, but getting to read it all together just was amazing to me to see how God worked in planning the church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, I wrote this book actually because a couple of men said, listen, would you just write down uh, how you planted uh, Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas? Uh, my wife and I were just um, just just married, at like, um, like my daughter just said. We were just married, just uh, got out of Bible college, um, actually it's Christian college, and, uh, but at, back then, Liberty, what is Liberty University now, was Lynchburg Baptist College and then later became Liberty Baptist College. The focus, the primary focus was on going out, training young men to go out and plant local churches. Will you tell them how you heard about the college through the through the TV ad? Yeah, yeah we, well, we... we uh, now, I find, I find this interesting to me because, you know, there's ads just plastered everywhere in... And people in my generation and younger, that's all they've known is ads, 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 TV commercials. But it was different in your generation because even for, especially for Christian ads, there wasn't a lot, a lot out there. Well, on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning, there was just two or three uh, television programs that were Christian television programs. One was Rex Humbard, and another, another guy was... Um, uh, Oral Roberts, and both of those had very Pentecostal leanings. But then Jer- there was Jerry Falwell with the Old Time Gospel Hour, and that began to be shown in Las Vegas when I was about sixteen years old. What year would have that been? Uh, that would been seventies. Yeah, that would have been nineteen seventy seventy one. Okay, and uh, so. Uh, every Sunday morning when I was getting ready to go to church, uh, we would listen to Jerry Falwell on the Old Time Gospel Hour. And then he announced, hey, uh, next year we're going to be starting a a college. And uh, we thought, uh, 
I thought, well, that's interesting, but that's in Virginia, and I'm in Las Vegas. And uh, my mom said, hey, you ought to think about going out there. She's from Pennsylvania. Uh, so she said, you ought to think about going out there to college. But I didn't think about it. Uh, I went to our church and I asked our pastor at our church what college I should go to if I wanted to come to Las Vegas and start a Christian school, because that was my whole thoughts. I wanted to start a Christian school. I'd, I'd grown up going to public school, and and I was just, after I committed my life to the Lord, there was peer pressure to continue to do the things that were wrong. And I thought, man, we need a, a, a place where there's peer pressure to do what's right. And I thought, it, I thought, I thought this is a brand new concept. Nobody's ever thought of having a <laughs> Christian school with Christian teachers, man, I'm coming up with some great idea. And then I found out it was taking place all over the country, but I, uh, you were missing out. Yeah. <laughs> So I Rancho High School in Las Vegas. Yes. So we went so we went to uh um so we were listening and um uh, I went to my pastor, my pastor recommended a school in Missouri, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And because uh, that's where he had gone, and yet uh I got an application in the mail for for Liberty for, for Liberty and I th- or for Lynchburg Baptist College. I thought, well, that's interesting, but I'm not going to go there, so I threw it away. A, a a week later, I got another application, and I thought, wow, that must be God, yeah. because I just didn't realize Jerry Falwell sent out a great anything. <laughs> Someone signed up for something. Yes, <laughs> put their address on and let's yes. count them. <laughs> but uh, but I got the second one. I sent it off. And my grades, honestly, in high school were not that tremendous. And so when I got accepted, I thought that must be the will of God. And hmm. so um, um, and that's so how I wound up, up going to there. Lynchburg, Virginia, to go to Lynchburg Baptist College. That's amazing. Once you got there, God allowed you. I know we've talked earlier about how you met mom sitting on, you were dishwashing, and she was like, that's the kind of man I want. That's right. Someone who knows how to wash dishes. But then returning here to Las Vegas, I'm always, always amazed. Um, I talk to young brides, and I, I will tell them, hey, I know you're spending a lot of money on the wedding, but make sure invest in your marriage more than you are your wedding. And every one of them always asks, what do you mean by that? And I'm, I'm just amazed. Um, you know, those all the expensive things that you're putting into your wedding, they're going to be for one day, and they'll be in pictures. And yes. that's all that's going to be. But when you take money and your time and you invest it into books and into counseling and into um, the things you need to prepare for your marriage, you spend money. I, and I'll tell them, spend more money on your honeymoon than you do your actual wedding because you are creating those memories together for just you and your husband and the person that all all those people that are going to be at your wedding, you're probably even going to, you know, 15 years from now, you'll probably be with 10% of them. The rest of them, if if that many. many. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but Lord willing, you'll be with that man for the rest of your life. So you want to build that relationship. But what you guys did Right after graduation, 10 days, right? 10 days after graduation, what, you went... 
10 days after graduation, we got married. We, her mom you was drew, in. You went up to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, so yeah, her outdoor mom. Outdoor wedding at their house. Now, in our minds, we think outdoor wedding. We think of father of the bride outdoor weddings. With the, they, they had a simple little arch that you made, right? Yes, I made the and arch. And it was a beautiful it arch. Was beautiful. That's exactly right. Out, outside. I made it for $2.50 out of scrap lumber hey, that the that lumber was mill was throwing away. That's probably about 20 bucks our time yeah. now, you know? It's <laughs> a lot of investment. So I, I, took the, I took those things, put them together, and we, the arch, it stood up for about 15 years. And yeah, then, I, I remember seeing it as a kid going back. I think I have pictures of us being back there with the arch. It was a cute, yeah. It was a cute little arch. We had, uh, we, we had. Anna's mom had had come up to your your uh, grandma had come up to uh, Pennsylvania or had come to to graduation in Lynchburg, and we left and went back to um, Pennsylvania. Took a two day trip over the Blue Ridge Parkway. It was beautiful. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. That is so pretty. Yeah. Then we got to. uh, then we got to Brookville, which is just about six, maybe either six or eight hours away from Lynchburg, and we um, then we that just time, worked on. What's the population of Brookville? I think about three thousand. During that time, too? yes, it's all the same. Three thousand, yeah, it hasn't grown at all. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> well, got, they got a stoplight. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think like three stoplights. Now. Yes, they're, they're they're moving on up, but yeah, it was a tiny little beautiful town. Yes, and so we we. We uh, we went there, took the the days, the eight days that we had left, and just uh, fixed up the backyard and and uh, had a beautiful backyard wedding. Now the fact of the matter is, your grandma's backyard was beautiful, Acres. and uh, right next to a creek, and there's huge pine trees and oh, it was it so, is so pretty. Yes, it wasn't something that you had to invest no. thousands and thousands of dollars into, but you you did invest into each other that's into it. it you invest in that's what that's what makes a lasting marriage not a beautiful instagram post not a gorgeous facebook picture it's investing in um into the marriage not the wedding but the actual marriage into yeah. each other we didn't have a photo album until uh, our 35th anniversary i put it together <laughs> i remember <laughs> Because you said mom never had a photo album put together. so yeah. And you just had pictures that were snapshots. So by that time, we were able to digitally go in and get them. Make them look make like them it was bigger. Some, yeah. 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 That's really, that was really neat. So, and, and 35 years later, would this marriage last? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did, over 45 years. So it's amazing. And then, so 10 days after you graduated, you went to. We got married, you and got then married. then we left and drove up to uh, back to Lynchburg because I graduated with an asterisk next to my name, which meant I had to go back and <laughs> take finish. one more class. <laughs> that meant that that I had to redo a class, and that class was English Lit. And so, oh, are you serious? The, oh, I yeah, didn't we had that. a we was English, it like a two week class or something? Uh, it was. Um, Actually, six weeks that we we had to be there. So oh, you went right from there up to we went back to to Lynchburg. Lynchburg. Actually, we went on a, on a honeymoon from there to um, we went to places in Virginia. We went to uh, uh, where 
There's um, so many neat things. Jamestown. The yeah, and, the battlegrounds. Yes, stuff, it was yeah. Yeah, Jefferson's home, right. that kind of thing. So things you could do for almost free. Right. And then, then we uh, drove uh, back to Lynchburg where I had an apartment and uh, we... See, I didn't know that. I thought you went straight from there, and your honeymoon was on the way back to Las Vegas. So you did have no. a class. I have heard you talk yeah, about that. I had, class I had to take that. It was a it was a three hour class, mm-hmm. two days a week, and it went on for six weeks, which was wonderful for us because, uh, except for having to read all that English Literature. lit stuff. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot of time just to spend together alone. That's neat. Uh, so because, during that time, did either one of you had to work during that time uh, too? No. Um, so you really did get to spend. Yeah, that we time. spent a lot of time just. That's to, neat. Just because uh, you had alone. that apartment. We and... we did try. We put an ad in the paper, or somehow we found out about these. These are these are old majestic houses mm-hmm. that are all over Lynchburg, and we put an ad in the paper that we would clean houses. And we would so do things. So we walked together, in. Yeah, so yeah, it was amazing. These people had maids, and yeah. and we would go in and wash windows and oh. do that kind of stuff and get some extra money for That's for that. That's cool. I had no idea about that. So uh, then then uh, then we left. It was it was actually the first of July that we left and drove across country, and um, we actually left with a U-Haul trailer pulled mm-hmm. pulled by my 1973 Ford Torino station wagon a baby blue station wagon. We pulled it, and somebody paid for that that U-Haul trailer. We left Lynchburg with $25 in our pocket to drive across the United States. But we knew we were going to be uh, stopping at relatives' house, (laughs) and it was right after our wedding. So we would go up, then people would shake our hands, and we would take the money that they put in our hands, and we'd buy gas for that. Nobody knew that we did not have the money to get across the country. So we got all the way to home, Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, we're uh, we ran out of money. And I was staying at we were staying at my aunt's house, and I called and I said, "Mom, how much do I have in the bank account?" And she said, "You have five hundred dollars in the bank account." And I said, "Well, that's great. We need some of that sent to us." And I it wasn't uh, she's I don't remember how much she sent us, but we were able to drive from. Omaha, Nebraska, then back to uh, Las Vegas. We pulled into Las Vegas on July 10th. So, ladies, if you're listening to this and you think, my husband is terrible with money, what are we ever, what is this marriage going to come to? Just listen, God can provide. (laughs) Even through stupidity, even through Uh, uh, (laughs) non-planning. God can work some miracles out in your life. My mom was a prayer warrior, and she definitely had faith. Did you just say that she married a stupid man? Is that what you just said? So anyway. Well, if a girl came to me and said, my husband said we have no money and we're driving across country to start a church, what do you think about that? I would definitely give him a little bit of direction (laughs) in opposite of that. So... So we got we got out here on July 10th. It was 10 o'clock at night, and it was 110 degrees. And my wife thought, "Man, what have I got myself into?" So, so we 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 had we found out that a lady was moving out of a trailer park. She was going to be gone for three months, and she wanted somebody to pay her trailer rent. This for, is the day you for, got in yeah. the night. You're you're here in town. You have a place to yes. sleep. Yes. So we we knew about this trailer. It was going to cost us a hundred dollars a month to stay in this trailer, and so uh, I thought, great. So out of our five hundred dollars came 
the gas to get from Omaha, Nebraska, and and, and then three house. payments for for this uh, place, and we had no income at all. This is literally living paycheck by paycheck without a paycheck. <laughs> And I mean, living people will talk about, oh, we live paycheck to paycheck, but then they're out eating Taco Bell. Oh, we, you know, we go to McDonald's like once a week, and it's like, nope, this is no, that's we, li- we that do, was luxury. We didn't do McDonald's. Yes, no, those right. kinds of things would have been luxury. <laughs> I can remember your uncle Rick going out and shooting rabbits and bringing us the rabbits and uh us. mom cooked the rabbits Her mom cooked the rabbits now that that god prepared her for that kind of thing because yeah. she grew up in the country yeah. and that her her brothers and her would fish and they would do hunting and yeah. they would do that kind of thing now i don't want to make that sound like that was the everyday meal right but that's Daniel really Boone was a man I didn't know you know that. right <laughs> here they are out eating, the our, West. eating our rabbit <laughs> And uh, but no, I'm sure you thought that was a huge in our camels here because you're like, oh, there's more food. Anytime food came in, that's it. That's that's a provision that's directly ex- from God. Yeah. Also, a nice way to keep slim. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and it worked for <laughs> many years. You had to go walking all the time, door knocking, that's so it. you got your exercise in and limited food supply. <laughs> so. It's so with the limited funds that we had left, we we went actually went out and uh, and knocked, uh, or we 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 had some flyers, handmade flyers that we made. Uh, uh, that when today when you're talking about cutting and pasting mm-hmm. and making a flyer, you're doing all that on a computer. Back then, the term cut and paste actually came from the fact that you would go to to magazines and you would cut things and you would paste them and clip you would art. make your own flyers you would clip out the art that's it and, and you get would, clip art and you'd make you'd make and you would paste it with glue that's it and then you'd take a picture of it and then you would uh, uh you would take it down to a photocopy machine and and that's how we made our first flyers and um and we printed them up and then we just knocked on doors for eight weeks now the, I, I joke around about you guys not knowing where you're going to stay and not having money, but you did have, um, God did provide for you before you came out here, before you were married, I believe, um, God provided a way for you to have a building to meet in. Yes. Uh, you want to tell the, that story, what happened? And this was, was this just months before you graduated? Yeah, or? we were, it was March uh, or April of, of graduation and uh, and I knew that just within the next couple of months we were going to be getting married. And I was supposed to come out and start a church, and I'd resigned because we knew God definitely wanted us to resign from being the youth pastor, God, and, and to come out and to Las Vegas and start a church. And that was a thriving church. Yes, and you were you were a vital role in some of the different things. Um, wasn't it? Now I'm probably going to say this wrong, but didn't you? lead up the largest bus ministry well that was out at, in virginia or no, is that a different church that was that was at thomas road baptist church and it was just one week we had the largest oh that's at cool thomas road i didn't baptist know it was at thomas road thomas road is the church that started um with liberty university now yeah, that liberty yeah. university started out of okay so they had a huge bus ministry and so they had a they had a um there was no seatbelt laws or anything like that back then, so they. And they, you were somebody who wasn't afraid to go to the ghetto and get the kids yeah. that nobody was caring for because yes. that so, was because so, that's where you came from. So me, so me and my 
me and my uh, my friend Larry went. Um, we we got a bus, and that bus had six kids on it for week after week. And I said, "Let's fill this up." So we just went out and and knocked on doors and begged kids and bribed kids and did everything we could. <laughs> and we had uh, one month a hundred and one kids on a like a fifty six passenger oh bus. <laughs> they were crammed in there. But we promised them we would give them all hamburgers after church, oh, and so they're like and, food. And yeah, so and kids. so and so after church, we all went down to Treasure Island, which was our, which was where our, um, which was where our dorms were. We went down to this place called Treasure Island, and we gave them all ha- hamburgers and uh, and fed them. But but that terrible. was it. Sounds at, like on um, <laughs> Pinocchio, we're like come to Treasure Island, children. <laughs> That was that's Pleasure Island. This yes. was Treasure Island. So, but but what we got, what we what we did was that day we had the largest bus, the the more people on our bus than they had ever had on any bus at Thomas Road Baptist Church, and that was really great. And we were really, Larry and I were were of so course. excited about that. And then they they featured our bus on in their in their national magazine. Oh, that's so cool. But they didn't mentioned me or Larry they mentioned the guy who was the bus captain who had six kids on his bus before we got there <laughs> you're like wait well that's good so God's like God Here keeps you, go. you humble yes. <laughs> but what, those kinds of things are so thrilling because you're doing this to see souls saved mm-hmm. and so when you see like people are like it's not about numbers right absolutely it's about sharing but it is about sharing with as many people as possible yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when you see a multitude of people coming, it's it's just mind blowing, and it, you really kind of get on a spiritual high. Yeah, and yeah. it once you, it helps you keep going to the next thing. So then you went so, over to Burlington. Yes, they were North they, Carolina. Uh, my pastor in Burlington, North Carolina, was willing to take an untrained, unsophisticated kid, and. Um, and, and he really name, helped you. He really did. He, he taught me. He taught me how to walk. He taught me how to talk. He taught taught me about what what a man does and what a man doesn't do. What a man of God does and uh, doesn't do. He was a tremendous, tremendous one on one mentor. Mentor. Yeah. He, I uh, I love that about uh, that's something obviously that you got from him because I've seen you do that with young men that have potential, but that. I've seen you, you tell them privately, hey, you need to start brushing your teeth. You need simple things that parents either were busy working and providing, they were single moms or whatever. You need to start ironing your clothes every day. When you walk into a room and you meet somebody, this is how you do it. Because that is something a mom and a dad should do. We do that with our with our eight-year-olds, our 10-year-olds, our 13-year-olds. But a lot of kids that have, college-age guys who have great potential, a lot of people just kind of, because they come in kind of ragged-looking, but they have they have a zeal for the Lord, they kind of still just get pushed off to the side because they don't. They haven't been sharpened. They haven't been mentored and told. Because those are hard things to tell oh, somebody. And, but Dr. Carter didn't have a... a, a um a hard time telling me. He just said, "This is what you're going to do. This is this what's is the way. You're, no, you're not." I would go out. We went out to breakfast with a bunch of men, and I ordered milk, 
He said, you are a man, order coffee. It's not that you're, it's not that you're a man. You just, you need to have the appearance of a man. man. If you're 80 years old, you want to order milk. That's okay. But you're 20 years old trying to impress some 40 year olds. So act and and just simple, dumb things like that. Yeah. Just simple things. I, uh, I love that because a lot of, a lot of young men aren't able to reach their full potential because other men won't reach out and do that mentorship. And I know there's things that when we've had young men come through that Neil has had to sit down and talk to them, say, hey, this is how you need to do this. This is how, because if you don't, you're not going to be taken seriously. We do that with our summer missionary program, the internship program here. And by the way, if if there's somebody, if you're a young man, uh, uh, a junior or a sophomore in a Christian college, and you're looking for something to do this summer, you would be interested. It's you an can amazing come here. mentorship program. You, you get a $2,000 scholarship back to uh, to uh, your school. It goes directly to your school to help pay for your, for your school. And you get day-by-day practical training. Um, yeah, it's an amazing uh, for, program. For, for 11 weeks here. The uh, only thing you have to do is get here. There's no expenses while you're here. Get here, and then get back to, to, to your school afterwards. So. Yeah, so if you're interested, make sure you call the church at 702-647-4522, and you talk to Pastor Neil Berkey about that. Yeah. But yeah, it's an incredible it's an incredible program. But so having somebody come in and teach you and say, hey, this is what you're going to do. You had, the, you had the youthful excitement and zeal, and you had that going for you. You just needed somebody to come in and be that dad. Yep, that's, say, it. that's exactly right. This is what you need to do. I had, um, I was in high school, and a friend of mine who was in Pastor Redland's youth group told me, he said, because I, I said, oh, do you have a mint? And he pulled it out. And we, he was only like 16, 17. He pulled it out. And he said, I always carry mints. Pastor Redland told me, Ben, mints are your friend. <laughs> And those kind of simple things, and Ben has a great dad, but men looking at other young men and saying, hey, this is something you need in your life, um, it's it's very transformational for them. And if we're not, if men aren't willing to step up and do that, then that's why we have men that don't know how to walk straight, don't know how to walk into a room and be approached as a man and know how to approach other men. So I love that you guys did that. So when you did, um, when you were in Burlington, God had directed you, um, even Pastor Carter said to you. Yeah, uh, I don't think you're going to be happy until you go to Nevada instead of Nevada (laughs) uh, and start a church. And so how did you get the money to... Um, have a church building because you did have that coming out here. We we were we were like two months uh, out from g- getting married, and I and I I thought, Lord, have I made a mistake leaving the youth ministry and and going into uh, or going out to plant a church? I'm 21 years old. I'm about to get married. I'm going to Las Vegas. I don't have a place to live, and I don't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And I said, Lord, I got down on my knees one night. It was nine o'clock at night. I got down on my knees and I began to pray. And I said, Lord, we need either a place to live or a place to stay. We need either a place to live or a place to stay. And I said, God, I just need that. And I just, uh, for, for, 
for three hours, uh, I was leaning over my bed praying. And it was one of those things where you fall asleep and you wake up and you're drooling and wipe off the drool. And then you just keep talking. And all I was saying over and over again was, God, I have to have a place to live or a place to meet. I have to have one of the two. Uh, Maybe we can stay in the place that we're going to meet, but I need a place to either live or a place to meet. At midnight that night, I got a phone call. Uh, And I'm thinking, who's calling me at midnight? And I go to my phone, I answer it, and it's a guy named Al Whalen, who was like a spiritual big brother to me. Um, And uh, he said, Dave. Uh, I said, Al, what are you calling me at midnight for? He said, oh, I'm so sorry. He said, I forgot it's midnight out there. It's only 9 o'clock here in Vegas. I said, well, what are you calling me about? He said, hey. He said, well, you know, we know that you're coming out to Las Vegas to start a church. And I thought, how in the world does he know that? Because I haven't told anybody uh, specifically. He said, well, we had a meeting at our in our church, Gateway Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. He said, we, we had a meeting at our church, the trustees and the pastor, uh, for the last three hours, same time I was praying. They said, we had a, we had a, a meeting to... Uh, and, and the whole meeting, you know what it was about? I said, what? He said, it was all about you. It was about the fact that you're coming out here to start a church. And he said, we want to do something to help. And we're either going to, we decided we were either going to rent you a place to live or a place to meet. Uh, and he said, um, he said, and we, we've been talking about what was more important the last three hours. And then we just decided, we ended the meeting by deciding we're just going to leave it up to you. That's amazing. And I thought when I when I heard that, I thought, well, I should have prayed for both a place to live Didn't and a place to be. I <laughs> <laughs> limited God. <laughs> but it's amazing, you guys. God truly was your father because both of you, your dad was uh, had passed away when you were ten, and mom's dad had been out of the picture um, since she was about five. He's just in and out um, yes. out of the picture. So both of you, God did step in just like he says that he is a father to the fatherless and he's there for you. Um, I also know, and I don't know if you mentioned this in the book, um, but you guys had a prayer list of all the things you needed. Yeah, in the book, actually, there's a li- the, the, the oh, page. It's in there. There's a, a picture of the page that uh, we wrote oh, our prayer list on. Oh, you needed. Yeah, so so we'll talk about that later then. But you guys were prepared. It wasn't like, oh, we're just going to drive out and do. No, you had a place, like you said, you were going to. If you if you didn't have a place to live, you were just going to crash at the church and figure out some place to yes. shower somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> Maybe go shower at your mom's house or something. But you had to play. Uh, you had you had faith. You were praying through this. You did have a plan. You worked the plan. Um, I'm excited. We are going to be going through this book chapter by chapter, Hope for My Hometown. You can pick up your own copy at davidtice.com. Again, that's davidtice.com. It's called Hope for My Hometown, Church Planting Principles from Our Journey of Faith. Um, it's, It's a beautiful story. Actually, I think... Did I type this one, or did Faith type this one? Uh, this was the first book, so I think it was you that typed it. I think I did, too. So, um, but the, again, this was years ago. But it's an excellent, it's a beautiful story. So as you follow along, um, we're going to be sharing different principles of God's Word and how God used 
Dave and Anna Tice in the Las Vegas Valley and how he continues to use them um, 45 years later through the ministry they started, through their children, um, and starting other ministries throughout the Valley. So thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to having you here next week um, because this is Tice Talks. Which is more than a conversation.